It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins. Today on the show, we are exploring the potential Liam Eikenberg move inside to guard and revisiting my 2021 NFL Scouting report on whether or not we think this is a move destined to fail or not. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins. Today is Monday, June 27th, 2022. A lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, the director of scouting at the draftnetwork.com. Your host here on Locked On Dolphins. And I think all of those bullet points of credentials are important today of all days because we're going to be revisiting one of my old scouting reports for a current Miami Dolphins player. Liam Eikenberg, this was uh, inspired by, at the end of the week last week, somebody had tagged me in a snippet of that scouting report in regards to the potential move inside the guard. And I said, guys, it's the offseason. Everything's content. Let's talk about this. And we'll talk in depth, and we'll go through the entire write-up, and uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about how college scouting reports evolve uh, once players hit the pros as well. There's also the... Uh, uh, the the minor detail here that uh, I don't bat a thousand, so there's some things that might have been written in that college report, and uh, I'm gonna react to it live off the cuff with you. Obviously, I wrote it. I remember what my initial imp- imp- broad brush impressions were, but I couldn't tell you what the third line of the hand technique uh, scouting report was. So I'm I'm really interested to get back into this. I wanted to experience it with all of you here today on the show. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Uh, there's a lot of great Dolphins podcasts out here, even this time of year. A lot of hustlers, a lot of guys talking about this team. Uh, and if they are dedicated to the minutia of the Dolphins, I would strongly encourage you guys uh, to dive into this community. But those of you who start your day with Locked On Dolphins, it means a lot. And I want to thank you for doing that. Uh, so here's the deal. Uh, scouting reports over at TDN are 10 traits with a prospect summary big body text. Uh, there's also an evaluation. I have I have evaluations from several members of our team. Uh, I do have a prospect comparison. And uh, the one that Liam Eikenberg had written about him, uh, I know didn't age to the degree in which you obviously hope any scouting deport, report ages because Liam struggled greatly last year. And the first line, in the 2022 report, or 2021 report, was Liam Eikenberg is an NFL-ready left tackle who should find assimilating to the pro game fairly easy. Whoops. Yeah, so like I said, these things aren't going to bat a 1,000. There are so many layers to player evaluation that being able to isolate, especially projecting them into a new environment, a new situation, it's difficult. And... The ones that you knock out of the park as a talent evaluator, evaluator, you feel great about. You feel amazing about. It's what keeps you coming back. 
is when you, when you see the game for what it was, you saw the player for what it is, you see the situation he's going into for what it is, and all those things married together for this beautifully crafted thing that reads like your Nostradamus. They all don't happen that way. And we get new information. And with Liam, we've certainly gotten new information. For example, the run frequency of the Notre Dame offense versus the run frequency, a.k.a. complete lack thereof, with the Miami Dolphins, provided a different game environment. And Liam struggled with that transition, especially with the instability next to him at left guard. So let me read the full body of the the summary. Uh, We'll go trait by trait down here at the bottom. Let me finish this. Eichenberg isn't the most fleet of foot, and speed rushers with wide angles can test him off the edge. Ah, okay, we're back. We're back in the saddle. But sound fundamentals and footwork should have him positioned to contest those challenges with a fair amount of success. The ceiling for Eichenberg as a prospect is tied to the offensive philosophies of his future coach. He's best when releasing vertically at the snap in the run game and either double-teaming to the second level or stepping down to collapse and create a soft edge. Gap power teams will unleash his power at the point of attack for the ball carrier to run through gaps. In all, Eichenberg is part of a talented crop of 2021 offensive tackles, and his ultimate place in the pecking order will come down to team preference. He's more impactful in the run game than he is in pass protection, but he was rather smooth protecting one of college football's most unpredictable quarterbacks this past season, too. Ideal role as a starting left tackle, uh, scheme fit, gap power heavy rushing offense with a featured focus on running off tackle. So there were some elements here that that we did see materialize, specifically the speed off the edge uh, and Eichenberg's foot speed being something that was problematic. And I think if Liam had better natural anatomical length, he'd probably be able to handle, he probably would have been able to handle those situations more effectively than what he did last year for the Dolphins. But I also acknowledge sound fundamentals and footwork and we did the, the the film study, the clips last year, from week one to midseason. Liam's base for his pass sets was dramatically compromised. Uh, the, the, the feet and the footwork and the weight distribution was nowhere near where it needed to be. Now, was that a coaching point? Was that because he was getting exacerbated trying to figure out how to handle the speed off the edge? I don't know the specifics. But again, this this scouting report already has new information based on one of the areas that I thought was a strength for Liam was not a strength. But the whole spirit of this discussion is to talk about Liam Eikenberg playing inside as a guard at the next level and whether or not this is a move that's uh, an optimistic one, whether it's doomed to fail uh, or what, based off of what the, the college impressions were. So let's go to the film evaluation itself. And the, here's the games that I watched for Liam. Georgia, Iowa State in 2019. And then in 2020, Duke, North Carolina, Florida State, and Clemson. So I watched a fair amount of games. Uh, we have the 10 traits to work with, and I'm going to start with balance. Eichenberg does well to avoid overextending himself and offers clean posture over top of his hips when disengaged and involved in his pass set. There's a good level of leg activity on drive blocks. As a result, Eichenberg is not prone to falling off blocks after first contact in the run game. You appreciate his calculated approach. He knows his athletic limitations and plays to them. He's not overly dynamic 
or able to apply force when his balance is tested laterally on outside reps, but he's got enough to reach an influence and allow backs to cut off his hip. Okay, so if we're thinking what we saw last year, um, he did not play to his athletic limitations, and that was what caused so many of the problems for him outside of tackle. If you put him inside a guard, and we're going to do this with each one of these 10 traits. If you put him inside a guard, what you theoretically would get is lesser in the way of wide, long-reaching landmarks, which would allow him to not have to overextend so far to get hooked on a outside, wide-aligned Sam linebacker. If you're getting a three technique, he's lined up on your outside shoulder. If you're getting a four technique, he's lined up on the inside shoulder of the offensive tackle. Those are not as daunting of plays, specifically in the run game and the zone concepts, than what having to play as the end man on line of scrimmage and really working to hook an outside tilted wide-angled rush defender. That would be a win. Pass sets. The pass set mechanics prior to first contact are exactly what you could expect from a program that's put out really good offensive tackles as of late. Well-developed and clean. There's a consistent base that doesn't narrow or sell his power out the dry. Eichenberg becomes smoother in pass protection in 2020 than he was in the year prior. An added bonus to some of his assets elsewhere at the position. Yeah, this this isn't how this played out at all. And again, I think the the important thing to remember and note here is the Dolphins' passing offense was so many more high-stress situations than what Notre Dame had. And Notre Dame had a quarterback that was a a consistent threat to run the football as well with, with Ian Book, but they pounded the rock. They didn't have a lot of third and 11s because Austin Jackson false starts on second and two and pushes you back, and then you get a minus play. So I will give the Dolphins most of the heat on that one. But again, uh, there's a consistent base that doesn't narrow. We saw the clips of him in his base before he even took his first snap out of his pass set. His base changed halfway through the year to try to make the other stuff work. So that was an area of his game that did not translate based on what we saw at the college level. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest news, developments, reviews, uh, the Major League Baseball. Obviously, we just had the NHL Finals come to a close uh, last night. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports events, including MMA, boxing, and golf as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Competitive toughness. Eichenberg is a brute in the run game. His double teams, down blocks, and late anchors and pass protection ooze a functional strength, which he uses effectively to impose his will. You play him moving forward, aka in the run game, you're going to enjoy a lot of room to work off the left side in the run game. He'll do well to stay engaged and find work on extended plays, too. He saw a ton of them at Notre Dame. Whether you're playing him outside at tackle or inside at guard, Liam has always been at his best when he is playing forward. And playing him inside, I think the concern is more in terms of his leverage and how that will translate when he has a tackle body. Because he's 6'6 and 1'8, 308 pounds. Now, he's not quite as long as we thought that he was at the time that I wrote the report, too. His, his arm length came in um, 32 and effectively 32 and a half inches. So it's not below that, like, doomsday scenario for a tackle. If you're below 32s, you're, you're in trouble. 32 and a half is kind of that, that magic number. And why does arm length matter for tackles versus guards? The longer your arms, the more you're able to extend the angles for that edge, right? So if you have something, they say that game is a game of inches. So if you need an extra two inches for 32 and a half versus 34 and a half or 35s, to be able to steepen that angle for guys to rush off the edge, that might be what you need. And Liam not having that, I think, does give a little bit more opportunity to really hone in and develop punch quickness, which when you play inside, the quicker your hands are, the better, because everything happens quicker inside, right? Uh, Guys will get on top of you faster. It's more condensed. But the real quick twitch guys inside, if you got long levers or late hands, uh, is a recipe for disaster. Uh, So, But Eichenberg, I, I certainly think, has the functional competitive toughness, and I still believe this, even though he we didn't see this a ton last year uh, to play inside, uh, because I thought a lot of his lack of application of this component of his game was because he was overextending himself playing attack. Lateral mobility, and this is important to know because we're talking about projecting the guard, and we're talking about a wide zone, outside zone type rushing offense is what we're anticipating. This is not an area where Eichenberg is going to be able to hang his hat, regardless of whether he's working in short spaces or pressing to outside zone. But that's, again, there's not the same level of range and effectiveness when he's looking to reach block or string out a defensive end on the perimeter. He's got enough length to stay sticky, but his ability to win the edge is only modest here. In short spaces, Eichenberg does not have the dynamic foot fire to drive and redirect his momentum, which is what makes his clean feet so important. I don't know that we saw anything that would change my opinion on this specific trait uh, that's been summarized here. So this is an important footnote for everything that we are talking about is things are going to have to change for the better from a fundamental standpoint. Now, maybe putting him in a more incubated environment at guard is what he needs to do that. I don't know. But I can tell you when I watched him at Notre Dame coming into the NFL, I didn't get the warm and fuzzies about the prospect of him doing the kinds of things that we're going to ask him to do. 
Now, I was also projecting him as a left guard primarily. Putting him inside our left tackle primarily. If you put him inside a guard, yes, he's always going to have the bumpers around him to protect his athletic profile. But his ability to redirect and flash has never been a strength. And that's something that you're going to have to get your hands on guys and keep your hands on guys so that back can cut off of your block. Because those outside zones, they start with my, my key is outside the offensive tackle. Does that defensive line, does anybody unblocked come up or does that defensive lineman get push and collapse that edge for me and steepen that edge? Yes. Okay. My eyes are going to work. Boom, 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 boom. Down the line. I'm scanning, looking for the cutback lane. So if that back is pushing outside, defensive end gets upfield push on Teron Armstead and the commitment is now, okay, I got to come back across. And the defensive lineman reads that and looks to work across to the other shoulder of Liam Eikenberg. Do you have the the lateral mobility in your feet to stay on that block? That's the big question with this area inside of guard. Length. This is an offensive tackle, NFL offensive tackle. He's a built first off the bus type player. And has prototypical size to play on the outside. Obviously, the the arm measurement at the combine did not quite meet that same statement. Uh, but I'll get into it after I finish reading the uh, the synopsis. His punches land firm, and he's still able to generate plenty of power through his hands. Eichenberg does well to maximize his strike zone on the edge when he's cleanly framed rushers pressing up against his outside shoulder. Okay, well, we didn't see that last year, but he also never cleanly frame these guys. He was constantly bailing and looking for, for depth to compensate for, for speed upfield. Um, but I'd still say this is still an NFL body at offensive tackle at 6'6 and, and a quarter. That's 72nd percentile for offensive tackles to ever come through the combine. It's 85th percentile for all NFL offensive linemen to come through the combine since 1999. That's a big body to play inside, and that matters because you get the natural leverage when you're a little bit more squatty built, when you're 6'2", 6'3", 6'3 and a half. Those are the guys that inside you get a little bit more leverage, and your quarterback doesn't have to be able to see up over top of you. I'm out here in South Alabama for the, the Senior Bowl Hall of Fame induction. I'm coming home tomorrow, so you, you're going to get a little weird audio between today and tomorrow, if you haven't noticed already. A little different recording setup. Um, and we talked to Philip Rivers, and Philip Rivers talked talk about him playing within the pocket and winning within the pocket, and he, he mentioned the six-foot-tall quarterback types, and he's like, you know, I, I at 6'6", six, 6'5", six, six, whatever Phil is, didn't throw up over my offensive lineman. I still had to find spaces to throw around offensive line, my offensive lineman, and get into throwing lanes. So Philip Rivers still has to do it, and we know Tua's right around six foot, and you got a six foot six guy inside at guard. That was an area of Tua's game that that I certainly thought needed to get better was feeling those throwing windows underneath and finding space to hit those throws. So that's the concern. It's like, yeah, length. Okay, his his arm length is anatomically not necessarily what I perceived it to be when you measured him at the combine. 
but his the length of his frame in general at over six foot six is an untraditionally large body to play inside a guard. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Football IQ, three-year starter with the Irish. Eichenberg has logged plenty of experience and has continued to develop from a technical standpoint in each of his three seasons on the field. It's encouraging to see him continue to develop and not flatline with his development as a talent. Although he feels close to his ceiling as a player, Eichenberg is savvy to blitzes and stunt game. He lapses in these areas are more so tied to only modest functional athletic profile. Well, that athletic profile showing up again, and the things that he was able to do at the college level playing for Notre Dame in a run-heavy offense uh, did not have the same application to the NFL, and that's why you, in my opinion, saw the deterioration of the things that he did good in college, too. We have four more plus a prospect summary. Uh, starting with hand technique. I thought Eichenberg did well this season to improve strike timing and accuracy to reduce the number of punches that landed outside the numbers of opponents. There's a lot of pop in his hands and he'll consistently create push and roll back with his pads, with his stun punch, which offers him ample room to secure hands and establish a firm connection, win, and then leverage the gap to manipulate space. Eichenberg has shown a strong ability to transition off a double team and secure block or subsequently turn in a defender to wall off and create a clear gap to press for the back. I'd expect Sony Michelle is going to run, like running off Liam's tail because Sony's the kind of guy that has the, and even Chase Edmonds to some degree, they are a little bit more downhill types. And we are also projecting what this is dire offense is going to look like right now. I look out in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan, and they got a quarterback that can run and ran a ton of zone read and ran a ton of QB power at the college level in Trey Lance. They went out and they drafted Trey Sermon, who is an inside zone monster at San Francisco. They drafted uh, Elijah Mitchell, who was the productive back last year, and he very much ran inside zone between the tackles. And then they went out this year and they drafted another big body running back in the third round and Ty Davis Price, who is another brute mauler who's not going to have the speed to press the edge. That offense is evolving. I think that's an important note too, because with some of the backs, Chase Edmonds, I think can do it all, but I think he's a little bit more dynamic and impressive running inside. And Sony Michelle is certainly an inside zone runner. That's the hope, right? Is that this is not going to be, well, we're going to run outside zone 35 times. Okay, are you going to pound the rocket, guys, and are you going to come downhill? Because if you are, I think Eichenberg inside gets his best chance to make that same kind of impact that I thought he was capable of in the run game. Um, and in, in those close quarters with those bumpers around him, uh, that lack of anatomical length hurts you less. Anchorability. 
there were some irregularities here for Eichenberg against top-tier speed to power rushers. <laughs> yeah, we saw that. As they will gain advantageous angles, pressing hard upfield, and then look to play through him and collapse the pocket. <laughs> yeah, we saw that too. But even when he's stressed here, Eichenberg has typically shown the ability to get the hits dropped and save a little bit of room to climb up in the pocket. Non-dynamic rush threats are not going to threaten him consistently. You'll have to press him from the outside and try to get him to flip and maintain, flip and run to maintain outside integrity to get him on his skates. That, unfortunately, is right on the nose. Here's the deal. You don't have to deal with that inside at guard. That is a silver lining. The clip that prompted today's entire show is, is coming up with our last trait, versatility. But we got to do power at the point of attack first. Vertical releases are his bread and butter. He'll smash four eye and three techniques on down blocks and create a ton of wash and movement to seal the edge and create room to work on power and lead run concepts. His double teams climb quickly and spill into the lap of stacked backers, allowing him to work off the body and reattach hands on a new block. This is his best trait, no questions asked. Eichenberg is a true asset in the power run game. Okay? So we just got done the spiel talking about Edmonds and Michelle and how they, they're, they're probably going to find success running behind him if the Dolphins do indeed put him at left guard. But the question... Because if he's smashing four eyes and three techniques, he can smash three techniques and two eyes and one tech nose tackles. He, he'll he still get push because those guys are less dynamic. Yeah, they're a little heavier, but it's still a double team. Here's the question. Where, how much true versatility does Liam Eikenberg have? And I asked that question because the last trait that we fulfilled was versatility. And this was a pretty lukewarm assessment of the ability to play inside. There is some camp, There will be some campaigns to play him at right tackle in the NFL level. But Eichenberg is a three-year starter on the left side of the Irish. He'll need to prove he has the flexibility and stance to thrive and play with the same effectiveness on the right side. With his stature and length, he's not a sensible candidate to kick inside and play guard either. He may be a left tackle or bus prospect. Okay. Well, he's not going to play left tackle for the Dolphins. I can tell you that. Unless Teron Armstead, I'm knocking on wood. I'm not even going to finish the statement. So there's a couple things here. The Dolphins toyed with him at right tackle. They toyed with him at left guard. They toyed with him at left tackle. They ultimately settled on the need to play him at left tackle and move Dawson Jackson inside. I am curious whether him playing inside at guard is more of an indicator that they feel like his skill set is truly better suited there, or if it's opening the door for even more fundamental and technical breakdowns from taking a guy whose entire identity as an offensive tackle was tested last year playing in a new environment in the NFL and asking him to flip his stance and have to relearn how to do everything. I'm curious. Now, I, I would not rule him out as a potential candidate to take the right tackle spot, but it sounds like Eichenberg at left guard and Austin Jackson at right tackle. Help us. Liam at guard can, I think, work based on seeing how much he struggled with the speed outside last year. I think that. The foot quickness that he has 
is always going to be a limiting factor to him playing outside. That's new. It's a new opinion based on the time that I wrote this to watching him play for the Miami Dolphins. Will there be limiting factors? Yes. His stature is a limiting factor to leverage. His stature is a limiting factor to success throwing within 10 yards across the middle of the field. His short area redirection skills, going back to the lateral mobility, is going to be a limiting factor with his foot quickness to pin and redirect to allow effective, consistent backside flow unless you've got a hell of an effort from the center to make sure that that gap integrity remains there and then that back can just continue to work its way and cut out the back door. But there's no question, if you are going to be committed to a little bit more running in between the tackles with inside zone, Liam's an, an opportunity to upgrade that component. Because that is, when you're running between the tackles, that's when Liam's at his best. The strike timing has to be there. Uh, the foot weight, distri- the weight distribution has to be clean. And you as a quarterback have to adjust how you throw when you're throwing to your left within 10 yards because you know that's a big body. That's a couple because Deron Armstead too. Is this doomed to fail? No. Uh, do I get the warm and fuzzies thinking about it? No. In my perfect world, I'm probably leaving Michael Dieter at center and I'm playing Connor Williams at left guard like he played with Dallas. And Liam and Austin have a true competition at right tackle. And if the motor skills there to flip your stance and relearn how to play tackle at right tackle after so long of playing left tackle isn't there, then you're going to be a swing tackle. We didn't draft a trade up in the second round to draft a swing tackle. I get it. But that's where my personal appetite would be. Now, I'm not in the building every day, and I think that's abundantly clear. These guys are work, have been working with these guys in mini camps and OTAs for several months now. And it's that time of the year where I can't make those judgments for myself. So I'm trusting their judgment. Now, if you're distrusting of coaches and uh, based on the Dolphins' track record for the past 20 years, I'd understand why some apprehension's there. But that's all the information that I have to base my opinion on. But I will say I'm a little more receptive to the time I wrote the profile to Liam succeeding at guard based on what we saw with him with his length and modest physical profile playing at tackle last year in a doomsday scenario type situation. I also think a better, more balanced situation could draw a better version of Liam Eikenberg as well. But it would come with limitations. How the Dolphins navigate that? Well, tune in next time and find out. We won't be talking about it tomorrow, but we do have plenty of great content coming. So I hope you guys hit subscribe. Enjoy the conversation. Enjoy your Monday. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs, your team every day. We don't just say it. We live it. Thanks for listening. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.